0: Please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily DAF Differently. I'm William Friedman, and today we're studying Tubot 44. The Mishnah on today's DAF introduces a new set of issues not previously considered. At the bottom of 44a, it starts to consider the Torah's case of Motzi Shem Ra, in which a woman, a young woman, is accused of having committed adultery between the initial commitment to marriage and the marriage itself. The case in the Torah cuts two ways. If the new husband's claim is proved false, then he is punished financially for having tried to defame the young woman's reputation and that of her family. But if proved true, then the woman is stoned. Why? Ki asatan nevala b'israel. She committed a disgusting act, a grave breach among the Jewish people. The verse in question however, which is Deuteronomy 22:21, requires that she be stoned el petach beit aviha on the doorstep of her father's house. You can probably imagine by now what the rabbis are going to be asking about. What if she doesn't have a petach beit Right? What if there is no father in the picture? So the Mishnah asks really about two kinds of young women who might not have a father. One of them is where there's no Jewish paternity whatsoever and that's the case of conversion. The mission distinguishes between three categories a young woman conceived from a non-Jewish mother both of whom eventually convert but only after birth, a young woman conceived of a non-Jewish mother who then converts while the child is still in utero, and the daughter of a full-fledged convert who is conceived after the conversion of the mother had already taken place. So the first one is punished with the usual punishment of adulterers. Chanek strangulation. She clearly has no petach Beit aviha in any sense whatsoever. The second, however, is punished with stoning, which is the punishment given to the guilty young woman in this case. And that is true despite the lack of a father's doorstep. No petach Beit aviha. The last case, which was the non-Jewish woman who converts and then conceives, that young woman, the offspring, is treated as a full-fledged Israelite. There's another category, though, the Yitoma, the orphan. So what about the orphan? Well, the orphan is placed in the middle category as well. She doesn't have a Petach Beit viha, but she's given not the punishment of any other category of woman who commits adultery, or man for that matter. But rather, she is stoned. So, the Gemara on 44B treats various permutations of this scenario. We'll take a look today at just one of them. That's the debate over whether a young woman whose father has died receives the prescribed fine if the charges are proven false. Right? So remember, the case cuts both ways. What if the charges are false, right? The the husband, the newly minted husband, comes and says, hey, I think you committed adultery before we got married. And they manage to prove that, in fact, she had not done so. And that's through witnesses or through physical signs, an interesting debate on its own terms. Um, And he is forced to pay a fine, right? Because, as we'll see, he has um, tried to disgrace an upright person. So, the Gemara asks, "Well, okay, what about a yetoma? What about an orphan, a young woman whose father has died? Does she get the fine as well?" So, the Gemara on 44b, a well, little bit sort of halfway down, says, <laughs> So, barchanina, Yossi, shemra al patur." So, the son of Chanina, says, "Someone who is motzi shemra, who claims um, that this uh, that this young woman has committed adultery falsely, and it's proven false. Nevertheless, his patur is exempt from having to pay the fine. Why? Because the verse in Deuteronomy 22 says, <inaudible> that the fine goes to the father of the young woman. <inaudible> which excludes this one, right, this Yotoma, this fatherless young woman who doesn't have a father. So since there's no father to receive the fine, Maybe the fine isn't paid at all, but there's a response. Mati Ribiosi bar Avin. So different. Ribiosi. Ribiosi, the son of Avin, replies. and we're not sure exactly who transmitted this. Veit Tamer bar Zveda. Maybe it's another yet a third Ribiosi, the Ribiosi the son of Zveda. In any case, he quotes a different verse from Exodus chapter twenty-two. Veima viha. This was the case that we should be a little bit familiar with, right? This is the seduction case. Right where she can either receive the fine or marry the man. What if and if the but if the father refuses, then um, then she can't marry him and the man has to pay the fine. So, Rashi thinks it's from the repetition of ma'en, ma'en that the Gemara makes the following midrash and says y- ma'en, ma'en means leknas le that in fact the Yatoma, the fatherless girl would also receive the knas would also receive the fine. Because even though the verse only talks about the father, the repetition, perhaps, of the word ma'en yama'en implies that the fine is paid whether or not there's a father there. And that's according to the position of Rabbi Yosef HaGalili, Deva Rabbi Yosef HaGalili. And so Rabbi Yosef, whether it's son of Avin or son of Zveda, right? whichever Rabbi Yosef here is saying, no, come on, I have a case which is quite similar, or at least uses similar language in the Torah, in which a yitoma clearly receives the fine if her father is dead. Now, here's an interesting. The Gemara does something actually very, very interesting here, which is that Rabbi Yossi, who brought the challenge, actually, you almost sort of imagine him saying, Well, oh, oh, I can actually think of a way of breaking down my counterproof. Now, the Gemara says, He created this refutation. But he actually refuted his own refutation. How? He said, Well, maybe you can read the case in Exodus as about a different case that that actually is a case in which um, they had sex, the the seducer and the seduced young woman had sex while the father was still alive, and it's only afterwards, after the act itself, um, that the father dies, right? And maybe that's the case, when there was a father in the picture initially, um, she would receive the fine if the father subsequently dies, but if the father was dead before the act of seduction, maybe she wouldn't get the fine at all. And it's a very sort of interesting um structure right that he raises the difficulty and then knocks it down himself um, and what exactly is going on substantively with the with the midrashim here I don't want to actually spend a lot of time on in any case so there was a rejection or an attempted rejection and then that rejection got rejected but there's just another position Rava Amar Chayav, Rava says no right going back to the case of the motzi shemra of the man who falsely accuses the woman of having committed adultery before they consummated the marriage, Rava says no. Even if she's a yetoma, even if her father is dead, she should still get the money. And the Gemara has a whole, somewhat complex scriptural support for Rava's position. I don't actually want to get into that one right now. I actually want to take a step back and say, what is going on in this debate? Right? It seems a little bit crazy. You have Rabbi who says, oh no. If there's no father, no fine has to be paid. And Reva says, no, of course a fine has to be paid. So what, what are the stakes of this debate? Um, so let's go back to the Torah for a second. And so the Torah says that the reason for paying the fine is that the man, by accusing this young woman falsely and dragging her name through the mud, that's what he attempted to do. He was trying to spread false rumors about her. Um, he's impugning the reputation of a fine, upstanding Jewish woman so if that's the reason for the law right why shouldn't a fatherless woman get the fine right whether she has a father or not her reputation has been impugned here so i think that actually it's that reaction that we need to take a step back and think about because perhaps this is a debate over the nature of impugning who in fact is being impugned here is it the woman herself irrespective of her larger connect social connections or is it the whole family unit? Rabbi Yossi Barchanina seems to think that the issue is actually about impugning the woman as a representative of the family unit. And if the father's dead, well, the family unit doesn't have a leader anymore. It's kind of not dissolving necessarily, but the family unit sort of doesn't have that same sort of social status. And so, this man's impugning, right, this man lying about about the daughter, right, that doesn't actually bring any more um, shame, that doesn't bring any more disgrace uh, to the family, and so she doesn't get the fine, because the fine isn't really about her reputation, it's about the whole family's reputation. But, Rebiosi Bar-Avin, right, or Rebiosi Bar-Avin, right, the intermediate guy who brought the challenge that he eventually knocks down himself, but at least his initial uh, his initial feeling, and Rava, who decides the law this way, right, they both seem to be of the opinion that, no, 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 it's about the woman herself. The woman's own reputation is at stake, and whether she has a father or she doesn't have a father, whatever the status of the family is socially, right, she should still get the fine, because ultimately it's, it's fundamentally about her, right? not to mention that she might need the money. Now, I just want to take a step back. Right? It's difficult for us, who are living in a culture where, there's, where family attachments are much, much, much more fluid, and we have a far greater sense of individualism, it's hard for us to appreciate the range of concerns that are going on here, Right, that the terms of the debate are about the individual as an individual or the individual as a representative of their family. But actually, this is where Gemara gets interesting. Because maybe sugio like this can help us realize the extent to which we ourselves are intertwined in social networks, and we're always balancing the I and the we in all of these social networks. And maybe it can help us think about what it means when somebody is disgraced. Who, in fact, is being disgraced? Is it always just about the individual? Or maybe it's about the larger um, collective of people around that person as well. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Doff Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.